generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Joshua chapter 6, we're going to pick it up from verse 12 and run all the way to verse 20. I might cite a couple of things. I'm going to teach, but I'm also going to prophesy. I have five major points to give you. Please, every time I give you five points, do ensure that as we're teaching, you're going through those points of four, three, or seven, whatever, and identify the areas you need to isolate. Typically, there will be about two or three major areas that you need to look into. And what we're trusting God for is um, after, after a while, we're going to have like partners or accountability partners that will help you with the teaching points. So it's not just going to be because, you know, many of you, when you just take down those notes, close it, that's it. So I believe that Nigerian, a lot of Nigerian pastors teach enough to change Nigeria. But teaching enough will not change Nigeria. Teaching alone will not change Nigeria. You're not getting it. So we teach enough to change Nigeria. But teaching alone will not change Nigeria. Because teaching is not all you need for transformation. There has to be comprehension. There has to be practical application. There has to be measurement or measuring, calibration, feedback, or integration. The educationists are like, ah, we're boy more, I try, I try, I try. We bring all our competences to ministry. All right, Joshua 6. No, they want to shape some things as well. <laughs> Joshua 6 from verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the ark of the Lord went on continually. I want to observe that. They went on how? And blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priests did what? Continue. So observe that continually continue. Please look at somebody say do it continually. Then say continue doing it. Please be careful to know that whatever your eat is should be God approved. That's not be a bad habit. So, ah, well, this is I should do it. And continue to. It's what God tells you to do, not what you feel like doing, or what's easy to do. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. So you see consistency here. You see that the quality of their commitment did not drop with the passage of time. Write that down. The quality of their commitment did not drop with the passage of time. Their intensity, their potency, their consistency did not wane over time. Their loyalty did not erode with the changing of landscapes and seasons and the passage of days. It says, on the seventh time, verse 16, it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall leave, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed 
when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble. In other words, don't touch anything God has not given you. Because it's going to become a curse unto you. Don't lust after, grope for, reach for anything that has not been given to you by God. Because every time you try to possess something that God has not given to you, it's a complicate your life. If you take a woman that God has not given you, she will complicate your life. If you take money that God has not given you, it's a complicate your life. If you take property that God has not given you, it's a complicate your life. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20. Let's read that together. Verse 20. So the people shouted. I can't hear you. When the priest blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout. That the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. And they took, slap yourself a high five and said, Damn it, Lala, you will break through. Some of you didn't say it, you just slapped yourself, slap yourself a high five, not your face, and say to yourself, Damn it, Lala, you will break through. Now, since you already mastered that, slap somebody a palm burning, face reddening high five, and tell that person you will break through. Well, I forgot to also mention that yesterday was Mrs. Ayola's birthday. Can we celebrate her? She turned 18 yesterday, and so she was able to vote. That's great. Breakthrough! That's a word that many of us have heard so many times. If you are a believer in Nigeria, if you have gone to a church conference at some point in your life, or you've gone to at least maybe they say 10 church conferences, you would have heard the theme, title, topic, breakthrough embedded in some way or the other. Isn't that true? We hear things like, You will break through in Jesus' name. And what do we say? Amen. But you will break through in Jesus' name. Amen. And so when you hear what over and over again, sometimes it doesn't really mean that much to you anymore. It just sounds like a cliche. It sounds like a normal thing. You know, they're trying to psych us. God is trying to impress me. Like God says to you, you're going to break through your finances this year. Mm, God, I heard the last year. Can you tell me something else? So when you hear breakthrough, for some of us, nothing moves and nothing shifts. So I want to quickly read two or three definitions to you of what a breakthrough actually means. Now, a breakthrough, or the word breakthrough is not a spiritual word. It's an English word. It's an English expression. So it's not some kind of mystical, uh, celestial expression that holds a different esoteric kind of meaning. It's actually an English word. Now, one of the first definitions of a breakthrough is that a military, or it is a military movement, a military movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line defense. A military movement or an advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line defense. 
That means that if you're breaking through, it means that you are militant in disposition and that you are advancing and you are actually cracking the defiant detours or defense actually of the enemy. You're getting behind enemy lines. You're having space in a different territory, a place you were locked out, a place where the enemy actually built something. You are breaking beyond that point. Number two, a breakthrough is an act or instance of removing. Somebody say, I'm removing some things. When you said that you didn't have a picture, but think about an obstacle in your life and say, I'm removing that thing. An act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction. Removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction the overcoming of a stalemate as in a no progress zone when you overcome that that's a breakthrough you remove the restriction you remove the obstruction that's a breakthrough number three any significant or should I say significant or sudden advance development, achievement, or increase. Understanding is key. So that's why I'm taking time to lay this foundation so that when we speak about breakthrough and what you need to do, you're not lost. You're not wondering, you know, what does that mean? So any significant, so this is not gradual now, this is a sudden sport, uh, a sudden surge. Any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase as in scientific knowledge, diplomacy that removes a barrier to progress. That removes a barrier to progress. So if you're going to tie this together, you might as well say that a breakthrough is a sudden advancement beyond obstruction and restriction that then triggers a sudden increase in a good way positive increase something good now what are some of the indications here some of the indications here are that for you to break through there's an enemy or there is an opponent one there's an enemy or there is an opponent that resists there's a force that resists number two that enemy or opponent has a structure or a resisting force that is established. So it's not just uh, something ephemeral or something uh, superficial. It is something real, an obstruction, a restriction, something that keeps pushing you back, something, a stronghold that keeps holding you back. Number three, it means that there is a movement on your own part a movement on your own part so either behind you something is propelling you or from within you something is moving you now based on all of these things based on all these definitions how many of you would like a breakthrough you would like a sudden increase let me give an example of a sudden increase sudden increase in your life could be that from where you are now where you're squatting with a squatter who is squatting with a squatter who is squatting with a squatter in a compound without water except the water in the gutter right from that place all of a sudden 
you find yourself being a landowner in Banana Island. Who's ready for some like? Some of you, you've bought the banana. It's just the island you're looking for. But that's an example of a breakthrough. That's extreme. It's a sudden advancement. Some of us have already seen gradual advancement in our lives. But can I announce prophetically that in the month of March, many of us will experience a breakthrough. Did you hear that your amen had a different kind of understanding? Because you have a picture now. A breakthrough is not just a loose thing. It's a very strategic thing. It is very strong. And many of us need breakthroughs in our spirit. I'm saying to somebody that an idea that you have abandoned, that you have forgotten, that you have ignored, that you have buried, that has gathered dust on your desktop and you've locked in a file whose name you don't even remember, in a folder that is in a don't touch part of the junk in your computer, the Spirit of God will breathe upon that thing and the supernatural power of God is going to move that idea and use that idea to move you into new places of influence and power in the name of Jesus. Somebody in the month of March is going to have a breakthrough. You're going to have a breakthrough. A breakthrough is what people, what, what will cause people to say, how did it happen? Many of you, the first thing that God is going to break through in your life is that your mind will stop thinking small. Your mind will stop being limited. You will not allow your geographical situation to determine your spiritual experiences. You know why? Because before God ever gave anybody massive territory or influence on earth, do you know what God did? He gave them a mental excursion. I'm going to give you that as part of the five points. Because there's something about the environment that can reconfigure your brain to shrink to their obtainable realities. Why do you think the enemy attacks firstborn children so much? You don't know firstborn children generally, it's not an African thing. Generally, there's a lot of struggle. Their difference is number one in the natural because the firstborn does not have anybody to look up to. He's likely going to make certain mistakes he does not need to make, which then works for the devil because the moment the firstborn struggles in an area, he sets a precedence for every other person because they're going to go, if my big brother that I admire and love and honor and celebrate is struggling with this, then what hope is there for me? It's a subliminal some cautions thing. Some of you are firstborn children and for the first time you're having a practical understanding of why you're struggling the way you did and that's why when God was going to start his family he gave us a different kind of firstborn the Bible calls Jesus Christ the firstborn from the dead and so God in starting his own family he gave us a firstborn that broke the grip of the Pharisees that broke the limitation of the Sadducees that broke the contention of the Roman Empire and that destroyed the grip of death so that when you see how your firstborn has performed you will not settle for mediocrity you will not settle for failure who am I preaching to? talk to somebody tell them Jesus is not their firstborn some of you 
unbelieving in the first corner uncle Seneca brought that this one Antipa but my first corner Jesus Christ he broke the creep of sickness and multiplied fat loaves of bread and two fish he opened the portals of death and called for Lazarus my first corner went through every difficulty and so when I come to a mountain I can say who art thou this mountain before Babylon you shall be made clean my firstborn mentored me and he said to me if you have faith as little as the mustard seed you will speak to this mountain and say be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea in other words my firstborn had a life of breakthroughs not a life of struggles look at somebody say my life is easy my life is lit my life is lit <laughs> let's not go there because they're just singing away the service it can be a good thing but I got a word to preach we'll do it another time my life is easy there is a realm where you are not struggling and slaving and suffocating and just trying so hard there is a realm where you understand the breakthrough pattern of God and it looks like you don't even sweat why because you are operating in the zone you were designed to operate in when fish fly they don't go ha my wings are tired oh. ha is that a fish birds because I have another example of fish in my head. I was going to use the first. Birds fly. And when your mental note is scrambled. <laughs> when, when birds are flying. I could work that though. Because they're flying fish. <laughs> but let me be honest. I didn't plan to work that. <laughs> when the birds are flying. They didn't go like. My wings are tired. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew. How are they going to do? They're going to with wings as of eagles. There's a realm where flying is your natural. It's your natural. To do well is your natural. For the business to work is your natural. For you to minister lives are changed is your natural. Because to him that is supernatural, the supernatural is natural. So my firstborn, he set a good example. Come on people. A good example. One man was called Lazarus. He was dead. They said, where have you laid him? Jesus had a breakthrough in the spirit. And they said to Lazarus, Lazarus! come forth I call forth everything in your life that has died that has lost life that has been bound wrapped up, closed up opportunities that you closed up, that you shut up that you shut down, that you packed up to one side David and you felt like this would never happen again I call it forth in the name of Jesus breakthrough this is not a loose promise this is not a lousy proclamation this is not one of those things that God is just saying to you know make you feel 
cool with yourself. So if we want to have a breakthrough, how do we access it? What is God's system? What do we find in place in the word of God for a breakthrough? We see Israel having a breakthrough in the Bible. In the Bible, what we read in the book of Judges chapter 6, God had promised Joshua. He had delivered them through the hands of Moses. They came up from there. <laughs> from Egypt. And God had brought them out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness. They were in the dry place. They saw the miraculous. They saw the hand of God. They had some breakthroughs in that place. But guess what? They had not come into the promised land. There are many of us that have come out of the land of bondage. But we can't comfortably say that we're experiencing the prosperity of the promised land. So I know I'm not bound anymore. But I can't really say I'm in the breakthrough zone. I know I'm not suffering anymore. But I can't say I have surplus. I can say I'm struggling anymore. But if you take 50,000 out of my account right now. Oh, buddy. I can't say I'm struggling with sin anymore. But if you ask me to disciple somebody, the person might undisciple me. So we've come out of a certain zone of hustle and struggle, but we can confidently say that we've come into the fullness of God's plans and purpose for our lives. And please understand that for us, the promised land is not a geographical expression. It is an experience of the sum total of the patterns, the plans, the promises and the purposes of God. That's what the promised land is. The promised land is not a physical territory. It's not even going to heaven. The promised land is the zone in which my life begins to drink of the grapes of heaven and my life begins to enjoy that which God has provided. It does not mean there is no responsibility. It means that after I've come into the promised land, remember, and the first phase I come into, I don't need to plant anything because they entered into the promised land at the time of harvest, right? You remember that? But after that harvest, they had to plant. So the promised land is not a place of irresponsibility. It's a place of divinely inspired responsibility. Which means I enter into the bounties of grace. And then, like Paul said, I now labor in that grace. But somebody's going to get into the promised land. What stood in their way? It was this thick wall called the wall of Jericho. Many of us know the story. Five major things that we see God taking them through to be able to break through in the zone. Number one, if you're going to break through, remember, you must remember and praise God for the breakthroughs of the past. You must remember and praise God for the breakthroughs of the past. Somebody say, I must remember. And praise God for the breakthroughs of the past. Say it with meaning, I must remember God for the breakthroughs. Isn't it interesting how many times we forget what God already did? Do you notice that every time that God spoke to Israel, do you remember that he would reference something? What would he say? I am 
one who brought you out. There's another one who will say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why would it say that? Because you know the story of Abraham. Israel. You know the story of Isaac. Israel. You know the story of Jacob. So if you want to know who I am, think about the person that turned Abraham from having no child into becoming a father of nations because he would not be here if not that Abraham had children. Come on somebody. Sometimes to see the goodness and the glory of God, you've got to look in your past and remember it was God who gave me admission into the secondary school. It was God who touched the principal's heart. So when they said my common entrance was uncommon, somehow I still got admission. Who knows what I'm talking about? It was God that helped me graduate. There were nasty people in my set. There were crazy folk in my class that was already missing the mark and losing the script and the plot. But somehow GS1 became GS2 became GS3 became SS1. SS2 I wrote jam and I didn't even need to stay much longer. I got into school. Some of you that's not your story. Your story was that between SS3 and university year one there were five years five years of shame five years of stress of mockery of pain of abuse of worthlessness but somehow that same God brought you now so when you see your mates who got into school at the same time or rather before you and graduated those same mates are still saying please can you borrow me a hundred thousand naira God recalibrated your journey recalibrated your destiny somebody shout it's the same God I didn't say say it I know some of you have been here all morning but say it with more energy Terry shout it's the same God it was that God who was with you when that man was about to kill you it was that God who was with you when you were in boarding house drinking water you can never be proud of when you were doing soda and travel with your groundnuts as soggy as a foam it was that same God when you cut yourself on the labor field you were bleeding and they thought perhaps you'd be infected but somehow God healed you that same God who delivered you from the grip of Pharaoh who shattered the mouths of Egypt who rescued you from the grip of the enemy that's the same God who filled you up he's not lost his energy he's not an outdated God he's not redundant in capacity he's not recluse in his expression he's still as good today as he was today just know you not that the Lord the everlasting Lord he does not faint he does not run out of energy if he did it before he'll do it again same God strength for the same God right now some of you are feeling down maybe you've forgotten maybe you've ignored maybe you've abandoned the things that God did for you but some of us can never be too tired to stand and give God praise for seeing us through for walking us through it's the same God look at somebody say it's the same God look at somebody say it's the same God it's the same God hey Johnny it's the same God the same God who provided 10,000 naira will provide 10 million naira that looks like what we need for our property the same God who provided a job is gonna provide joy for your marriage the same God who provided a car will give you a lift will provide you a car 
the same God that told Moses throw the rod on the floor was the same God that told Moses raise the rod he can use the rod thrown he can use the rod the administration of the rod may differ but it's the same God the time may differ but it's the same God the audience may be different. One audience, Moses and God. Another audience, Moses and Aaron. Another audience, Moses, Aaron and Pharaoh. Another audience, Moses, Aaron, Pharaoh and Pharaoh's magicians. Another audience, Moses and the children of Israel. But the same God. When you were in the one bedroom apartment, it was God that kept you. Don't be afraid to move into the four bedroom, four bedroom duplex now. It's the same God. When you were 16 in the fresh me, I slap you apartment. And you could call someone and say, Oh, how many ton of my generator? How many do this one? That one was the same God. Now they're going to be living by yourself. Is he a different God? Oh, come on, talk to me, guys. Preach with me. Same God. Look at somebody say, Same God. Same God. The same God that protected you when you were with daddy and mommy in Abuja or Kaduna or Patakot or Benin. That's the same God. God would always remind them, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. David, God would, would even go further and say, I'm the one who brought you out. In other words, if I was big enough to bring you out, I'm strong enough to take you in. Same God. Tony is the same God. It's your bet to think about what God has done for you. Over this couple of decades, think about the mercy, the goodness, the favor, the anointing of God upon your life coming through in seasons where there were tests and trials and pressure and pain and predicaments and problems. And God, in his ability, pulled you out of all of those places when there was nobody, no friend, no family in some cases. international traveler it's the same God I forgot to remember that do you know why the human memory can be short especially when under pressure 
You've seen folks under pressure sometimes they don't even remember their names. What's your name? Pressure. So whenever you're under pressure, one of the things you want to do is go back to your testimonies. That's why it's always good to have a journal, iPad, notes, whatever it is that you have and just write what God did today. Just read it and dance around it. Or dance on top of it. Dance beside it and say to yourself, God has been good to me. Remember how you trusted him? When you were looking for the job? And you couldn't find jobs? You couldn't even find Steve? Talkless of jobs? Who did it? He sure used somebody. He used the newspaper ad. You know, I saw a newspaper ad when I was squatting with Pastor Yomi many, many years ago. Altered the direction of my life. Newspaper ad. I just flip out because I I've loved, love newspapers. So my publications, I just read, read, read. Newspaper was on his living room. I think something like 2008 or 2009. And I just flipped through and I saw the debaters. And the betas gave me positioning that my gift couldn't have given me at that time. Sometimes it's just one thing that God brings in your space that alters the direction. I was on international television, some of you don't know, for three months, every week, it did something to my mind. God had shown me many years ago about my exposure to the nations, but that was the first time I was having a stage and a platform I didn't have to pay for. The same God. I wonder what other platform God is getting ready to have me on. Whenever you feel under pressure, just say same God. Same God. Somebody say same God. Can I tell you that same God is also a boo God. The God that's able to do more greater than is about so that you always have an all sufficiency that all things may abound unto every good number two for time's sake the second thing so Joshua GB Joshua knew the stories because Moses Moses told Joshua the stories and when God says, that what's your name, man? Before my, you're soaking the word. I can see it. Your whole body, she's, she's vibrating as in a good way, not a bad way. I can see resonance. The cells in her body are absorbing this word. You will testify in the name of Jesus Christ. You will testify in the name of... Samori is like, am I not the one absorbing the word? I'm absorbing more than now. My internal cells are particles are vibrating just because because a bottle does not need to move for its content to bubble. When God introduced himself to Moses, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why didn't he say I was? Because there's no wasness in God. Permit my grammar. There's no wasness. 
that was then this is now if God raised the dead he's still raising them now some of you by your hands the miracles of resurrection will take place blind eyes will open deaf ears are being unstopped by prophetic accuracy walk and newness of life number two get information get information that's the second thing so when God spoke to him about the promised land he had been speaking for hundreds of years I'm loving this by the media team you guys are fast it's great stuff fast fasting you will last part of God's cast God's signal on your mast God this is such a blast anyway I'm stuck into myself <laughs> when God spoke to them about the promised land he said I'm sending you to a land flowing with milk and honey it was a revelation that was given to them but then for that revelation to have an anchor in their minds they needed to be exposed to something we spoke a revelation and exposure a couple of weeks ago needed to be exposed to the material equivalent of that thing so whilst they were doing that and doing that Moses got to a point where he now had to send spies to go and spy on the land do you have a picture of sorts of the promise you have received in your spirit have you spied the land are you spying the land have you surveyed the land have you taken cognizance of what to watch out for in the land do you know the topography of the land the heights the undulating landscapes the riverine areas in the land the occupants of the land the temperature of the land because before you can possess a space you need to know what it would take to possess that place because man did not go to the moon without at least sending certain signals to the moon to get certain kinds of information about the temperature about the pressure to know that you can actually free float all through the place and float into oblivion so they had to prepare there were certain things moving and many of us we have not served the land God has taken us to and so if we were to get there even now we wouldn't even be able to recognize it because you don't know what it looks like even the alarm clock is bearing witness to that revelation do you know what that land looks like God says I'm going to make you a fantastic writer do you know any fantastic writers have you served with any one of them have you bought their books have you served under them have you written them letters of appreciation have you asked to be mentored and tutored by them God says I'm going to give you 1,000 orphans to raise and sigh and groom have you surveyed orphanages across the world have you checked the difference between orphanages in America and orphanages in Nigeria because there's so many differences if the picture of the promise you have is not Jericho the strategy you come up with may not be able to possess Jericho so many people are spying their neighbor's lands and ignoring their own but you can pass the exams of life looking into your neighbor's answers because the questions are different get information 
You want to get married? Get information about marriage. You want to start a business? Get information. Someone says, I have a good idea. My goodness. A good idea is one of the fastest way to fail in business. All the business people know, right? Because some of the biggest businesses were not even built on good ideas. They were built on a gap. The wants in that space that people were already spending money on the wrong stuff trying to get gratification or satisfaction from and so by catering to those ones they now discover new ways of building profit models around them isn't that true businessman but sometimes you have this good idea and this good idea is so good that nobody wants it now but you, your ego is so attached and I know how it is I know how it is because I write remember my first book wrote my first book big book I ended a two million naira over 10 years ago I ended a two million naira to publish the book hundreds of pages people said why not just be a first time author split it, reduce this book make a small book I said no I have too much content and I do I should be my uh what's that thing called my content from Instagram for about nine about eight, nine months. About how many pages? Over, over 500 pages. I don't know how much exactly. Well, it's actually about 350 something pages of A4, tiny prints, in about nine months. Kenneth, we're going to have about how many of that eventually? About four, based on what we've collated so far. No, the one I printed. Okay, I showed you two. We're possibly going to have something like 1,500 pages of that within about two years. So I have content. Look at some say I have content. But, but if I publish that right now with that size, the fact that I have content does not mean that the audience have the capacity to receive all of it at once. So you've got to dispense it in doses. I was telling my voice coach the other day, he was asking, I said, Pastor Dami, you know, you're getting better and you're singing and your songs are so amazing and all of that. I think we should do an album now. So I said, well, I've thought about it before, but I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, so song, about how many songs do you have? I said, I have about 702 songs fully written with all the lyrics. About 115 audio written, written on, uh, on a recorder. He said, how did you do it? See, because I'm obsessive. So whatever I do, I throw myself into it. And when you give yourself to something, it gives itself to you. So I have content, which is why I preach so long. <laughs> By the way, when I cut the message at the end of the service, I keep preaching to myself. But the fact that I have all those things and all those things does not mean the world is what? Ready to receive it. But some of us, we are so full of what we want to do and how we want to do it and when we want to do it and where we want to do it and then we find ourselves choking, choking on the idea and never possessing the promise. That will not be your story. You will be able to spy the land. You will be able to know exactly what to do and where to go in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
number three. So get information. Number three. It sounds like number two, but it's different. Number three is get information. Get information, as in, yeah. Get in, no, without hyphen actually. Get information. Don't forget that breakthrough has to do with militant force, right? Why is it so just? Did it work anyhow? Is that what, what happens? Stop judging me. Is that what happens? Where's your sister? She's not here. Obviously, I know. Where's she? <laughs> By the way, my watch is not, currently not working. I keep looking at it, but there's different times that are showing. So I need to, okay. Because, right. you know, I keep looking at, ah, this watch is international. It recalibrates based on the nation that needs the revelation I'm sharing the most. <laughs> Just changes. The next thing is get in formation. That is, there is a formation sequence, certain protocols, an order of things and people and relationships that are required for you to enter into the promised land. It's an order. How do we see it? We see Moses. Moses says, Oh, 12 spies, Cooper, go into the promised land. 12. Why didn't they send six spies? Why didn't they send two spies? Different reasons. But one of them was this. The 12 spies represented the 12 tribes of Israel. How does that apply to you? Every component of your life must be aligned in readiness for the promise you want to possess. Come on, people. Hello, what is it? Chuki, you see that? The 12 spies were not just, you know, Moses' favorite man. I am of the tribe of God. I should get some voiceover jobs with, like, um, yes. You know, my pastor was featured in the Bible experience. And then he hosted the experience. <laughs> so look at that. They were not Moses' favorite guys. They were representatives of the tribes of Israel. So for you to enter the promise, there must be a representation or a model of what those aspects of your life will look like before you step in there. So, we want to get our own property right now. At least a place we maybe not buy immediately, but possess for a while and possibly buy out at some point. What is the lighter? I've already decorated major parts of it in my head. What would the lighter look like? You know, Tony and I were in one of those places. I wasn't seeing that place so I'd seen transformation. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> what would it look like? What will the singers need to look like? 
What will the ushers need to look like? For the business you want to start, can you still afford to be buying every perfume that tickles your fancy and still possess that business? You got to speak for yourself. Some people can. Can you still afford to sleep as if you're going to win the gold medal for sleeping at the Olympics with the ministry God has shown you? For the doctorate? Can you? Your life has to be reconfigured. Get information. Some of you, your life does not have any form right now. You know, like an amoeba. What you call amo, amoeba. Not amala, amoeba. So for you, anything goes. It's not like too fluid and fluid and too flexible, shapeless. That means that we can't peg three to five activities you do every day. There's a problem. That one's from the heart. All the ah, 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 ah. Money problem. You, you, you gotta be able to have it because what gives form now form does not mean every part of it has to be well shaped or whatever but it means that like the earth the, do you know the earth is not that round ball I hope you know that the earth is not a smooth round ball there are gashes and chasms and highlands so really the earth seems somewhat bumpy but overall there is an alignment. You can say the earth is, is an orb, is a bulb, is a, is a globe, is a ball. So we're not saying that every part of your life has to be smooth, but we're saying it needs to have some form because God is not even going to put any man that is supposed to cultivate you until the earth has some form. Because when the earth was formless and void, God did not put Adam there because to put a man in a formless place will disarm the man and drown him in the mud and the mire and the mess and the crime and the grief and the broken areas so God's got to put a form some of you your destiny helpers cannot even locate you yet because you're not yet in the form that will cause them to say now there's somebody I need to invest with now there's a business I need to be a part of now there's a ministry I can support some of you cannot be seen yet because you are functioning below the parameters of excellence you are in the valley of mediocrity and the people God is sending in your life are functioning on the mountains of excellence so there's got to be some form I'm not saying you must go to bed by 10 a.m. every day but let's know it's between 10 and 12 I say a.m. p.m. I'm not saying that you must pray three hours every day but you have your bare minimum and they were silence in the house number three so somebody looking to say, say to get information it also means with other people how do we send the Bible send 12 spies but also when Joshua was sending them out he said that the Levites and the priests were going to go first right and then the people so the people were not even though the promise was for the people the people were not supposed to go ahead there are certain things you know that you're doing this thing for a particular business but the business may not need to go ahead fasting may need to precede the proposal because what happens sometimes we craft the proposal in our minds then we try to push it through with our spirit instead of crafting the proposal in the spirit and then articulating it with our minds 
So formation is also what should come first. By the way, if you don't prioritize giving to God first, you are already in the wrong formation. Because whatever you think you're holding to yourself to sort yourself will never be enough. That's the design. Nothing was designed to be enough without God except that which can destroy you. Let me say that again. Nothing was ever designed to be enough for you without God except that which that can destroy you. Why? Because God wants you to be eternally dependent on you, on him. Now, how do I know? Even when God blesses you materially and abundantly and all of that, he's going to give you a vision that all your money put together won't be able to do. Always. So we're here, a couple of millions paying for this place every year. We're sort of like, cool, right? gone through for about 18 months now no hassles we've got a bill coming we've got a bill bill coming it's not Clinton but it's for a clean thing that's not a rev by the way it's my revelation number four let's close number four what else have you got to do now when it is that the Lord has spoken to you and you are in formation, you have the priest and you're moving the way you're moving number four is this, you've got to stick with the strategy stick with the strategy, of course to stick with the strategy you must know the strategy there's no breakthrough without a strategy if you have a wall in this place, in, this, in your house a wall you're trying to break down you can apply different strategies one of them is you can go like so Am I making any difference? Maybe a negative one on my knuckles. And after a wall, after a while, what's going to happen with this strategy? Will I break through the wall, or the wall will break my bones? Some of the strategies you are applying is breaking you. So you're sweating, toiling, and trying, and griping. So, but, I, but I saw somebody smash the wall with their knuckles. Yes, Iron Man can. Are you made of iron? Some of our strategies are wearing us out. So we think if I apply more effort, and God is saying the effort is not the problem. The direction is. The methodology is, the strategy is, the pattern is, the frequency is, the intention is, the distance is. God told them exactly what to do. He said you will march around the city and even though I've already taught you that your words are powerful and you know by the Jewish culture that you bless people with words, I don't want you to say a word those six days. Do you know that sometimes silence is is a part of divine strategy some of us we talk too much God has given you the headline but you've written your own article then you've turned into a blog into a vlog then sponsored it's just headline God said headline yes sir I will put the clothes on the line God give them a strategy. He said, march around the city. 
once for six days and on the seventh day you march seven times and you're going to shout he said keep your mouth shut at the beginning of the strategy please look at somebody and tell the person can, can i just advise you can i just advise you? tell the person can i just advise you wait for them to give you permission can you advise me can you can you if they said yes say please keep your mouth shut because some of us we think that everybody around us is around us for our good so we are careless with our conversations and we are exposing to people who don't care about our destiny the secret things about our destiny you've got to learn to keep your mouth shut the words is that when the angel came to mary and said you will conceive a child that mary kept these things to herself not every prophecy should become your whatsapp story the lord has spoken to me africa's number one by the way everybody's now africa's number one something Africa's number one. Africa's number. I don't want to mention Africa's number one. <laughs> Slap somebody high five says stick with the strategy. Can I get about nine people or so? So Joshua said to them, march around the city. March around the city. That seems so silly. Such a silly thing to do. Imagine all grown up men. Maybe a couple of boys and girls somewhere around the camp or something. And they were to march around the city. Isn't that boring? To just march around the city. And I can imagine that the occupants of Jericho were leaning over the wall. And looking at them and saying, what are these people doing? By the way, one of the earlier stages on your journey of glory and destiny. Is that people will not know what you are doing. Oh yes, I wish I could talk to somebody. In fact, people will ask you, what are you even? What are you really? One of the earliest stages on the journey of growth is this. You don't know what they are doing and they don't know what you are doing. But you're still doing it because you believe God. Because you perceive something in the spirit. Because you're energized by the power of God. Because your eyes have caught a vision that your mind is yet to articulate or decimate or comprehend. But we're looking down laughing at them. Look at somebody and say stick with the strategy. If God says give so so and so amount every month, give so so and so amount every month. If God says you have money for a car but don't buy it yet, don't buy it yet. If God says don't buy a Mac, buy windows so I can open some windows for you. Go ahead and do that. If God says don't buy the iPhone, buy the Infinite. You better stick with God and not pop culture. Stick with the strategy. If God says pray 10 minutes every 12 midnight, pray 10 minutes every 12 midnight. If God says feed beggars every Friday, the last Friday, the first Friday, do that. If God says adopt a kid from Grace College or Oars Memorial College and pay your school fees, stick with the strategy. If God says send, send money home every week or send pastor this or that, stick with the strategy because the strategy has your victory in code. The strategy is your victory encapsulated. The strategy is the victory encapsulated. 
Somebody feels like quitting. Be persistent. Somebody feels like throwing in the towel. It wasn't easy marching around the wall. But breakthroughs don't always come through easy processes. Ah. Uh, and when you're going through this phase it's usually the toughest phase remember the promises pretty easy get information fairly easy getting information barely easy sticking with a strategy quite tricky because there will always be that person who has a better idea you know somebody said to me Pastor Diamond we've seen your model and all the stuff you're doing is great we love it but do you really think you can grow a big ministry in Nigeria doing this discipleship thing you're doing? <laughs> Look at somebody say we're sticking with a strategy. I know many gospel artists that could run a gospel show every week and bring in people, but I'm sticking. I don't just know that many of them respect me and they will show up in a fly but we are sticking there's nothing wrong with gospel artists please there's nothing wrong with music ministry if that was the strategy but how many of you are grateful we have new songs almost every Sunday because we are sticking with it's not always easy some of the people that would try to offer you a different strategy yeah I mean they are not outsiders they're even insiders joshua moses didn't walk this much why not just lift the rod and the rod will the city will come down John, what did God tell you? Stick with it. Don't run from it. Stick with it. It may be uncommon. Ukama. It may be uncommon, but stick with it. Pray it may not be easy. And the horse here the ballast again. You will not be tired. I pray for you. You will not be tired. Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, the enemy has sought you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. I pray for you this afternoon. Your faith will not fail. Your hearts will not faint. Your soul will not be weary. Your mind will not break down. You've said, does anybody even care? Well, God cares. Oh, Priscilla, stick with the strategy. Consistent. Consistent. You're on the verge of a breakthrough. Dora, Hannah, Ella, Amaka, with all you've come through. Consistent and persistent in prayer. In sacrifice, in giving, ask them, the people in front going around in this small circle, how easy is it? Seeing 
the same but they're still being focused coaching the same people mentoring the same people faith trying to help the same people and some of them still go back to the same things that you're trying to help them out of they looking for the same building for months and months and dealing with agents consistent victor consistent in your business consistent in prayer
explain what I mean. And God knows and sees my heart. I'm not being proud, I'm not being boastful, I'm not being whatever, whatever, I'm not being anything. But Spirit of God began to show me certain things. We released them not alone about three weeks ago. It's gotten some, some dangerous acknowledgements, recognition, different platforms. People are sending testimonies every day. Like every day and many of them from different. Someone said to me yesterday, some of you saw something I reposted yesterday. Somebody said, yeah, I listened to it 40 times. I was still listening. Somebody said to me, I downloaded it yesterday. My whole family, we've been playing this all day. Says my uncle now knows the lyrics and we're playing it all over the house. All over. Hundreds. Abodrin told me the day came out. They had a loudspeaker in his house and they were dancing prophetically to it. Many of you know what has happened in your life. Now I'm not a professional musician, I'm not a god, I'm not a professional gospel musician. And so there are a couple of gospel people, but there are a couple of producers and writers and whoever that have reached out to me and said, okay, please, what's really going on? What's as in how is this thing happening? The truth is, I don't know, but I'll tell you something. God can convert your faithfulness in one area into results in another one. Because I know people who have released songs in this season. People who can sing me under the carpet in this season. And I'm not, I'm not being compared with them. What's the word? Yeah. But my metric is not the same. I was chatting with somebody yesterday who, if I may, I can't mention his name, but he said to me, he said, you know, we now want to be like you. He was being serious. This guy has released a song that was like number one. If I mention the song, everybody knows the song. But the guy says to me, that this, your expressions, there is something about what's happening. He said, I celebrate your strides and all of that. Just yesterday evening. What am I saying? Some of you have been faithful in that seemingly mundane assignment that looks like it has nothing to do with your ministry. Because God is compounding your silence for six days. So that, on, so that on the seventh day, when you release a sound, it's going to have such a penetrative. You know, another, I didn't tell you Cooper. Cooper was featured on Before Your Throne. Cooper, do you know that on the major platform, I have metrics to it. It's on different, I don't know, it's on many, many websites now. Uh, I'm not alone. But the number of downloads that Before Your Throne has gotten between the release of I'm Not Alone and Now is more than all he had gotten between when we released it and when we released I'm Not Alone. Because what happens is people hear this song and they're like, okay, what else is there? So all the six days when you were quiet and people felt, you don't have LA, we've seen him finish. There's nothing else to his life. You know, you know, when I moved down. Some people thought my ministry was over because a lot of people <laughs> not going to all of that. But every time they've tried to see you finish on the seventh day, if you're faithful with the strategy, when you release the sound, the sound was so strong. Somebody tapped Kirk Franklin on the song and said, "Kirk, you need to you need to hear this. The sound is going to be so distinctive." 
focus is not coming out of competition or strife or arrogance or the God knows I don't want I'm, I don't have ambition to be the greatest preacher that came out of Africa or the greatest songwriter or singer or whatever I just want to bless people and move into heaven with about a billion souls and when God sees your heart I'm just doing your stuff on the seventh day when you shout that shout to be a memorial we're still talking about the shout today some of you and a lot of you are crying and shedding tears and I know the power of God is so strong here some of you the Lord has kept you quiet do you know when we landed you guys don't know what we went through when we landed when we go back to Nigeria some people didn't want to associate with us
upon all the people you've given me to respond this morning. That's what I want. That's what I know that's what I want. That that's what I believe. So look back and say, I've made progress. I've moved
sit just speak 3 4 5 of the messages I've preached to you this year sit with it and listen I keep telling you I listen to my so you people don't think I'm joking I spend a lot of time with myself and with God I listen to myself not from a place of pride but the fact that you're the cook does not mean you don't need the food sit with them just take three four give yourself a target three four messages any three pick any three the spirit told you sit on them and pray with them throughout this month of march jesus said the words i speak to you they are spirits and they are life something will jump into you Ezekiel said I heard his voice and his spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Some of you have been trying to find your feet. Is the spirit that will set you on your feet? Just sit with it. Let, let it just I wish we could continue. This is one of those, you know, yeah, I mean, this is one of those services that if we had our own place, we'll just say guys, okay, those of you that want to go should go. The rest of us will just sit here six hours. Let's get that place. You'll see what God will do. People were walking out of wheelchairs and all of that because there's something about an atmosphere that corrects things, that repairs things. But when you have, you know, just two hours, some of you think two hours is long. We have to just sit there. <laughs>